little sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Walking in sunshine outside and inside today. It's going to be a sunny day today. Daytime high around 73. Tomorrow, sunny high of 77. Sunday, a high of 84. Monday, 88. And by Tuesday, pushing close to 90. So, um, as uh, Bob said earlier, I am not ready to give up summer yet. I know tonight's the start of high school football here at the uh, Watchdog Radio Network. And last night was the uh, opening night for high school football around Ohio. But um, and, and that's great, and that's a sign of fall. But I'm not ready to give up summer yet, pal. And I guess I ought to check with John before I popped off yesterday. John, I said yesterday, without uh, conferring with you, that uh, the newspaper sells more newspapers on the football preview. Is that right, or is that a bad statement? No, I mean, you, you obviously do. You have better, you know— you, Better single copy sales. People want to get that. You know, people. It, it you know, it's funny, and, and and I think it's just the, you know, the nice thing about a, a product such as that is you, you know, you get it. People will keep it. You know, look at it. You know, if you're if you're local team. You know, we still are a, a an area that is heavily involved in scholastic sports. You know, when you you look at, uh, I was talking to somebody last weekend when I was out of town. You know, from an area with like five or six high schools where there's been a lot of consolidation. You know, and I know we have pushed uh, editorially much over the years for a county like Belmont. You know, I think it's almost total insanity to have seven or eight high schools in Belmont right. County, you know, a county of 68,000 people. That is a losing cause. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, you, but can... you know, on the other end, you know, if you take Martins Ferry, you know, uh, Bridgeport and, and, you know, Blair and Shadyside, for instance, and put those all in one school – the support for sports would probably disappear. You know, you would not have Matt's Tiger Pub doing big things. You know, I mean, it, it's a very, so it's a real challenge. It's because, a hometown yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, it really is the challenge. I think in Belmont County because those those in communities are so invested in their school systems, and when you consolidate, you can see it right here in Ohio County. You know, there's no Warwood Pride. There's no you know Tridelphia Pride for the high schools. Now it's all just Wheeling Park, and it's this big. You know, the offerings are great. But, you know, you do lose that hometown feel. You know, so from my standpoint, and I think, uh, you know, uh, as a newspaper editor, uh, you know, the the fiscal conservative in me hates the fact that Belmont County spends so much money. And I'm not picking on Belmont County, but it's just one of many counties well, it's in Ohio a really on public a education. Easy example. Yes. Yeah. And there was also rumblings this week of uh, Wetzel County not being so uh, happy with the rumors that Payton City and Magnolia are, well, are going mean, to combine. Those aren't rumors. I mean, they're actively working toward that. You know, they've made that known at board meetings. You know, they've got a brand new superintendent now in Cassie Porter who moved down from or from Marshall County Schools. You know, they've got a real tall task ahead of them. You know, that has been a that has been a sore subject for probably decades, long before any, you know, I can certainly remember. But I know in the couple times it's been brought up in, um, you know, in the last, you know, 25, 30 years, you know, the Peyton City folks particularly rallied to the cause. Um, you know, this time it's going to be different. The, the finances are dictating it. Student enrollment's dictating it. Age of buildings is dictating it. But I think the one thing that they've discussed so far that makes a lot of sense is if you bring, let's say we bring Payton City, Magnolia, and Valley into one high school, 
you can't call it Magnolia. You've got to no, come no. up with a new name. You've got to have a different brand, a different approach with it. And it kills Magnolia. It, it well, absolutely kills it. It kills Magnolia. It kills Peyton City. It kills Valley. I mean, it, it, it's as if you're erasing their history. You're yeah. not, but it's like you're erasing well, their history. Well, much like we did here. I mean, you know, we had, what, Tridelphia, Wheeling, and Warwood right, right. consolidated into Wheeling Park. I'm trying to remember, mm-hmm. though, as you're talking about this, John, obviously, I was a Tridelphia graduate. There was a sense of loss as we consolidated. But I think somehow the school system created a sense of excitement about the new school. Well, sure, sure. There was less of a – there was a feeling of loss, and there mm-hmm. was still the, oh, my God, I don't want to give up being a wheeling wildcat. But I, I think there was less of that than you see other places. And I think maybe, maybe the school system at that time had created such excitement about Wheeling maybe. Park High School. You know, um, and – you're probably right and and as you look at the preceding you know 40 years they have done a great job I'll never forget one of the things that will always stick in my mind years ago we brought it was either the first year maybe that the performing arts center opened up at Wheeling Park and uh, we did our actually we did our football cover shoot up there that year Um, you know we just had this crazy idea that worked out pretty well and we brought kids in from you know, some Belmont County kids, some kids from up in, you know, Steubenville and Weirton, and, you know, the, the, the students and their families, you know, you, you just don't, you, you're never going to get a facility of that nature at Bel Air no. or Shadyside. No. There's just, they, they don't have the money for it. They don't have the need for it, unfortunately. And what does that do? That limits avenues for kids to explore options for what they want their future to be. Um, and so that's where, you know, there's a lot of benefits to a big consolidated high school on that sense. But, you know, there's also drawbacks. And, you know, and from the community standpoint, you know, uh, you know, you go to Belair on a Friday night and or Saturday whenever they're playing, you know, and still to this day, the number of guys, you know, Bob, your age, my age. Who are still going to the games, oh, hopefully not wearing their letter jackets, but you know, that is part <laughs> of the culture, yeah. and it's you know, it's it's really neat, and you and again, you don't see that at Wheeling Park. It's just a different feel. You're absolutely Park or John right, Marshall. John. And that's that's why this one for me is a little different. Nothing against the Payton City Wildcats, nothing against the uh, Valley Lumberjacks, mm-hmm. but Magnolia. To me, I'm a hey, I'm a high county guy, but to me, it was a it was one of the big of the big ones. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The Magnolias, and to close that school down, man, I'd look at everything you know, possible before they did that. You know, Bob, I, I, I don't excuse disagree. Me, excuse me, because I I only have tangentially follow this. Are they, are they talking about building a new school? That or? would be their that would be their ultimate goal. Would just be let's shut everything down as opposed to or either go to Magnolia add some new facilities because Magnolia is a newer ish school. Okay, you know, I, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I just yeah. I wasn't sure if they're talking about building it like we, here we right. built a new school. Or they that was about? probably part of you know if they put everybody in Tridelphia High School back then it probably would have been a different feel because the Tridelphia quote kids would have felt like Dominated. it was their school, yeah, right? Yeah. You know and. Um, well, there also were just you could have added to the school, but the reality was, Tridelphia, Warwood, and uh, Wheeling all were fairly. They had a lot of students. Sure, equal and uh, pretty close in size. It would be yeah. hard to have fit them all into any right. one building, even if you added some additional buildings. And you know, and unfortunately, in, in a county like Wetzel, you know, student enrollment has has plummeted. Is maybe not a fair word, but it is you know seriously dropped over the years. Um, but in and so, Bel- what do you do in Belmont County? Uh, there has been semi-serious talk every once in a while about consolidating, at least the riverfront schools. The riverfront schools, sure. And 
but it just it cannot it just doesn't get any traction. You know, in, in, in Ohio is what is it? Six hundred eighty-eight school districts in Ohio, something like that. <laughs> Five hundred eighty. I mean, it's some outrageous number of school districts. Ohio, for whatever reason, and 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 through whatever mechanisms, has been able to keep many of these small community-based districts alive. You know, now those don't come without drawbacks. You know, almost all those districts at some point or another get themselves in a fiscal emergency. Um, you know, money's hard. You know, uh, you know, look at Shady Side. You know, they they everyone was so excited about the cracker coming after the burger plant shut down. You know, we're going to get all this new money, and and you know, and it didn't happen. You know, and um, so it's uh, you know, it, so uh, the testament of being able to keep those schools open. I applaud, but I also look at it and say, are we doing the best for the kids? You know, you're talking about Ohio as a general comment, though. There are large swaths of Ohio, central Ohio in particular, where because it is the school districts are so big. I mean, in Belmont County, again, you've got they literally touch each other. You know, you got sure. Shady Side, uh, Martins Ferry, Bridgeport, Bel Air, Shady Side. Really, even St. Clair's where you lump in there. Pretty yeah, much, but yeah. the riverfront is. Yeah. I mean, they're just zoom, it's right there. Uh, it would be as logical as the days are long mm-hmm. to consolidate them. Uh, in some central Ohio counties, it isn't quite that simple because they're again, they're, the counties are so big. And well, look at Switzerland. You know, I mean, Switzerland, Ohio is the largest school, single school district in terms of geographic area in Ohio. It's right down in Monroe County, yeah, which is, you know, 600 square miles or something like that. But uh, it's. Uh, you know, it's an interesting. You know, and I'm not sure what this has to do with football starting, but it really is. <laughs> but it, but it, it but really it, but is the fabric of these communities. It is, though. That's that's yeah. the point of it. it. Listen, if there was not, if sports weren't involved, football in particular, but if we didn't have the football rivalries, you would probably see a much more likely consolidation or merger or cooperative venture, at least between mm-hmm. in Belmont County. The riverfront schools, right? I mean, you just it would be, it, but it's it's that. Don't take that attitude to Bellsville, though. I guarantee yeah. you, I guarantee you, it's not going to work out there. You yeah. know, the, the one thing that always has surprised me is okay, if you want to keep separate school districts, you know, every part of the problem in my mind is you have, you know, you have seven, eight boards of education, you have a county mm-hmm. board of education, you have. You know, maybe not as many as, as in prior years, but you have so much in the way of duplicative services. Yeah. And and it's just like why are you know, like why can't anyone just be smart and take a little bit of leadership and say, Hey, do we really need seven school boards for seven you know, for, I, but you for know, school districts that are the size of a of a middle school? I think frankly. the answer for Bellsville is and nothing against Bellsville. That's all they have. That that's, that's good all point. they have. Yeah. And if you take that away, there ain't much left in that little town. Yeah, your your point, John. It, 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 creative thinking could lead to. My points are always salient, Howard. Well, come on now. Not always, <laughs> but they're getting better because you're getting closer to my point of view. But nonetheless, um, you know, creative thinking might say we're going to continue to have Bel Air, Bridgeport, mm-hmm. Martins Ferry, Shady Side. They will all have their own individual football teams and we'll keep the schools even um but we will consolidate how we operate all of them create a single mm-hmm. riverfront district school board mm-hmm. uh and then have a superintendent representation from each, each right each and have community. a superintendent right. and then a two or th- you know a district superintendent for each of the it, it seems to me creative thinking would say we can maintain those individual identities and let the football teams play and let there be big reds and, and maroon uh, 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 purple riders and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. 
but find ways to consolidate financially. Sure, you consolidate your your services that are the ancillary services. You know, uh, the vendors you use. You, you know, you you just narrow things down so that, again, for things such as like speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, um, you know, you you have one you know, one group that moves around as opposed to potentially each school hiring its own, each district hiring its own. I'm not aware of any, and I could be wrong, but Bob, your your whole career uh, got started because the, there was a broadcasting program at William Park High School, which there probably was not in any of the in individual schools, and probably, I don't know, but I don't St. know. St. Clairsville, I think, has one. St. Clairsville does, yeah, yes. Yeah. But again, I, I keep talking about Riverfront as opposed to St. Yeah, St. I know. Yeah, I know, you're but right. yeah, none of the Riverfront ones. But I mean, those are the kind of things that a consolidated effort could do. Sure. And even if you had my concept of individual school districts under one big umbrella, you could do some kind of a, you know, create certain programs, like a broadcasting program, mm -hmm. that could draw on all the schools. Sure to go to one I, I don't know it, you know I, I don't want to get into the WVU sense you know issue but I really think that is that is part of the problem there as well or maybe what I see as an opportunity is to, to think about you know these changes that are being proposed cutting you know 32 majors you know just cutting you know I hate the idea of cutting languages and mathematics and some of these programs that you know again is in a state where mathematics is, uh, you know, is so bad, and, and we're cutting the high-level math programs. Um, but, you know, uh, let's think about this creatively. Let's not just say we're cut, 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 because we have to meet this number. And I've been somewhat surprised and disappointed with, you know, with uh, the administration at WVU, President Gee, because he has been a longtime advocate of saying, let's, we've got to continually rethink Thinking how yes. we yeah. approach these things. You know, I mean, I remember my first conversation with him. He said, you know, we really need 55 county school districts in West Virginia? Maybe 30 is the right number. And he's right. We probably don't. I mean, that's a, that's a big step to take. But, you know, I look at it at WVU right now and I say, do we really want to just slash 10% of majors um, and at, at our state land-grant institution, yeah. right, and, and without thinking about how maybe we approach this differently and, uh, and, and come up with a nice creative solution that – that, that serves everyone as best possible. I also am concerned. You're right. I want to get into the WVU sure. thing. We could do that some other day. But I'm also concerned that, that they're not taking a bigger picture. You know, getting rid of all the world languages is, to me, a terrible mistake. And I hear President Gee's argument, and he made it on Hoppy Show recently, mm -hmm. that, well, most of the students who attend the languages are there because we make them go sure. because you have sure. to have a foreign have language. For, right. But my point is there's a reason for that. You want to have your students graduate as well-rounded students, and therefore knowledge of foreign cultures and languages is important. No, believe me, I took Latin, God help me, so you know, because that was my way to get around learning a foreign language. But no, you don't want the students saying, well, I could take a foreign language or a foreign culture class, but if I don't have to, I can take um, basket weaving. Yeah, That's a bad basket. example, yeah, but yeah. Sure. Um, and I, 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 so I, I think that's something that's that's getting lost in this. But that's a yeah, that's a different whole different issue, story for a different day. All right, it's nine twenty four twenty four after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. John McCabe is here with me. Mr. Slider is across the way, and we are having conversation about well many things as we always do here on the Friday Roundtable. And such conversation shall continue in a moment.
Who Wants Craft Beer? Saturday, August 19th, the Mountaineer Brewfest brought to you by Wheeling Island Hotel Casino Racetrack is back at Wheeling Heritage Port, showcasing craft beers from West Virginia's finest brewers. With great food, live entertainment, and many more craft beer selections in our beer garden, it's a wild and wonderful time, and you don't want to miss out. Proceeds benefit the family service Upper Ohio Valley. Get your tickets now at mountaineerbrewfest.com. Everyone appreciates the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, even Governor Justice. Howard, you're a good man, and I appreciate all you do every day. Thank you, sir. Weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. on the Watchdog. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home, developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, Featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The Law Office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom, with a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation, 304-232-5300. Teachers' desks are clean, chalk is fresh, and the blackboard is ready. It's back to school time, and we're ready with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Care. It keeps changing fast and it don't last for long. If the Colorado Rocky Mountain High, I've seen it rain and fire in the sky. I tell you, last year when we went uh, on the Rocky Mountaineer Express, which we talked about last hour, when we went up the, uh, the uh, Rocky Mountains in Colorado, I had a Rocky Mountain high, and it wasn't due to anything chemical. I could barely breathe. I, you know, I've said this many times on the show in the past year, past two years, I guess. I knew intellectually that the higher elevation, the harder it is to breathe. I didn't experience it. I mean, I have breathing problems, so maybe the every. As we started going up the mountain, oh my God, by the time we got to the top, you know, everybody's getting out and they're going over and looking and taking. I barely got off the bus. <gasps> I had my pulse ox. It's like down to 22. I mean, it was like, oh, man. It's just something you don't. 
Well, it's, you intellectually know it, but you don't realize yeah, it. Yeah, I, I did some hiking last last year out in Colorado at about ten thousand feet at one of the resorts, and, and I'm gonna tell you, it is. You could feel it, John. Oh, for certain. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, the the, the air is just thin. You know, and that wasn't even. You know, you can go about another four thousand feet higher on some. You know, Pikes Peak and some of the places there are about fourteen thousand. But you know, it uh, when you're not used to it. And again, we live here in the mountain state, which is kind of a pathetic the mountain no, state. You know, uh, term compared to when you go out and see those peaks. But uh, it, uh, yeah, the, the air's thin, and uh, it just. But it takes a few days. I mean, it took me about three or four days to really kind of get acclimated. And uh, and by the time you know, I was there for a couple of weeks, by the time I was done, it was hardly noticeable at all. I mean, we went to the the top that you could drive to of the of the the, the Colorado High, whatever mm-hmm. that is, the Rocky mm-hmm. Mountains, and. Um, in all seriousness, I, if if I had stayed there much longer, I would have passed out. I mean, I, I, it was. I, I'm not joking when I'm saying I had a pulse ox with me, uh, just because I always take one. Mm-hmm. And, and I I was watching my pulse ox go down, 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 down. I mean, did Nancy was, say, "Come on, Howard, just a little further, a yeah, little further"? No, to, to her credit, she says, "Just stay in the bus. Stay. Don't <laughs> don't get out for God's sake." But you know me, I'm, no, I'll make it over to the. No, I won't. And then I <laughs> sat down. Um, 9.30 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. John McCabe and I uh, hopefully will get into some of the uh, Ohio Valley news stories. There are several things I do want to talk to you about. It depresses me that I've found quite a few editorials that you've written lately that I actually agree with. Yeah. But, but uh, again, I always say this because you're starting to think more like me. But I'll get to that in a minute. Sure. We were discussing earlier this week, and I promised I would ask you. Sure. Is getting newspaper carriers and getting home delivery among the most difficult things that you have to do with the newspaper i mean we have perpetually people saying it's you know my my paper doesn't get here on time or you know i mean yeah you know delivery is a is a is a tough gig it just is um you know not my area of expertise so i can't speak to it in a very uh educated way probably but you know that is you know uh, it's just like anything, you know, people, newspapers are, are habit forming. So, you know, when it doesn't come at the time that you expect it to come every day, for whatever reason, if it's a technical issue on our end, if it's a carrier who doesn't, uh, you know, an open route that has to be, you know, a district manager has to go out and deliver later in the day or, you know, or whatever, it, uh, you know, it, it gets people upset because, again, you know, that that's just the nature of, of anything. It's like if the 6 o'clock news doesn't come on until 7 throws people off a little bit well some of us remember the days when you know you had individual sure. newspaper carriers in your the newspaper boy sure i mean quotes, yeah. you know and uh they you know they rolled up the paper and went down the street with their, on their bike and threw the paper on your front porch and it was there generally speaking exactly when it was supposed to be but those days are gone i mean you don't just none of that going on i don't suppose yeah, not not very much. I mean, it uh, there might still be some, uh, you know, downtown routes that are, you know, handled by a person who can walk it. But you know, I mean, I, I did that for you know, six, almost seven years, and it was it's a great experience. Taught you how to deal with people. Taught you how to manage money. I didn't um, have a route, but I I was frequently helped. I sure. had some friends who were the the newspaper boy, and I would help them. And, and what would, I loved about it, you know, back when I no, I mean, love my parents. I'm sure hated it, but uh, you know, if the paper was late. People didn't call the Dominion Post the in office. my case. Yeah. They called our house. You yeah. know, they called the McCabe John, household. where's my paper? It's 7 o'clock. Why isn't the paper here yet? <laughs> well, uh, I just woke up. Sorry, you know. <laughs> um, so it, uh, you know, in, but it, it's all changed. But no, that it, you know, delivery is, 
it, it's always tough. It, yeah. it, it's always been a tough gig. And it's got to, and again, it, the world has just changed in a way that the, the days of the newspaper delivery boy are long gone. So you have to yeah. do it a different way. Uh, Mr. Slider suggested, you know, occasionally when you were not here, like last week, you weren't able to be with us. And I always say John's off newspaper and Bob thought maybe that's when like a delivery guy doesn't show up and you have to go around. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I was at a, at a, at our annual press convention. How's your week. arm, John? Like when you have to do that, do you give it a pitch or do you have to walk it up? There? Oh, buddy, I tell you, I used to, whenever, you know, again, granted when I was, you know, 13 and 14 and, and, you know, throwing baseballs every day and footballs, you know, I used to stand in the middle of, you know, walk up middle street and just shoom, 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 shoom. Only yeah. you would land on the roof, you know, and yeah. every once in a while. Mostly those were intentional because either guy had mid pan or didn't give you a tip. <laughs> there's you your, throw there's the your paper. Yeah. Right there in the bush of the dog. Well, it's today right on the stoop. You so know. you've certainly been in the newspaper business from the ground floor yeah. all the way up. hundred yeah, percent. Hey, 30 seconds. You did mention that. And I forgot sure. to say uh, congratulations to you personally oh, yeah. and to the newspaper, the Intel uh, yeah. for a uh, a number of awards. A good, you good showing last weekend at our annual West Virginia Press Association convention. Uh, Steve Adams, obviously, I just we had Steve on Monday, did really well, and we submit through him at the Parkersburg paper. But uh, you know, yeah, um, you know, just uh, so you got for, you got for what a best what a first and a third place for best editorial. What amazes me yeah. is an editorial praising the mayor. Well, it was praising let's the be mayor honest about it quite for, frequently. Yeah, it's been no, the other no, way no. around. It was, you know, he was praising his speech, and really, and I've, I've written several variations of it um, over the past couple of years. Of, and we talk about it all the time. Is, you know, we cannot continue to look at Wheeling through these rose-colored glasses and say, "Oh, we need it to be like it used to be." It's never going to be that again. You know, we look at it now, and this is a very challenging time right now. It really is. And I'm just, you know, talking to some business owners recently, and it's tough. You know, I mean. When, when you've got like a you got to walk the plank to go to someone's business, yeah. that that's a that's a challenge. Um, but you know that editorial in particular is just you know we've got to forge a new vision for Wheeling. We got to stop talking about what Wheeling was and instead look at what we want Wheeling to be or what Wheeling, you know, not is but can be. Yeah, and that's uh, to me that's very important. Anyways, congratulations! Thanks. You you won several, and uh, Heather won I think an award, yeah, uh, third place or something yeah. for. Uh, uh, commentary, yeah. whatever. Uh, just uh, good, good job. Yeah, good job. You. Despite what some of our, you know, listeners. That's might okay. Think. Hey, people, I've got big, broad shoulders, and I take all the criticism they want to throw my way. That's they're, okay. They're, and the newspapers love to talk. Way. You know, and the thing is, is that it, what I always, you know, ask people and they email and they complain. It's like, hey, here's my cell number. Here's call my me. office number. Give me a call. I'd love to chat. Sometimes people are like, I don't want to talk to you. Okay, well then, you know, then don't email <laughs> if you don't have the uh, intestinal fortitude, you know, to be a man and talk. Uh, and, and kind of work through these things, then, you know, don't hide behind your, you know, your computer screen. When we come back, maybe we can just do a quick, you know, boom, boom, boom on a few of the uh, issues of the, the stories of the week. Sure, uh, 100%. We Friday roundtable underway here with John McCabe. It is 935, 25 till the hour. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Friday edition of the show, we'll get you ready for a busy sports weekend. Pat Strader will be here with Beer Friday at 430. Brad out from Sportsline drops by at 5. And it sounds good, West Virginia, with Aristotle Jones at 533. Plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out in our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. 
Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Frio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Frio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Keep up with the ever-changing world of sports all night long. Sports Map Radio is on the Watchdog. FM 98.1 AMC. 1600. Lazy summer days are turning to time in the classroom, meeting old friends, and Friday night football. It's back to school, and we're there with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard. Somebody's got to talk to Mr. Big Boy's announcer man there. I, I, I don't know when he decided it was okay just to call me Howard. When when this become the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard? <laughs> it's the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. And if you want to go further, Howard Monroe and Bob Slider. But the, the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard, What? where did that come from? I thought you were like trying to be hip and young, Howard. That's I what know. I thought. I, I'll tell you what probably happened because I did write those. I probably just forgot to type. So, and he's uh, he's doing his job. Oh, okay. It says how six of them say the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. This one doesn't. Okay. Well, next time you want to do those, send it me. I'll I'll type them for you and send them in. Oh yeah, I'm sure we we'll get out of that. He needs an editor, John. <laughs> yeah. uh, John McCabe is here with this newspaper editor extraordinaire as we talk about uh, uh, some of the big stories of the week this week. Uh, don't have time to get into too much in depth, so let's talk about a few of these things yep. very quickly. One of the things that uh, actually was a last week story, but we had a big discussion, a big debate about it here on the show. And you weren't with us last Friday, um, and that's the Life Hub, yep. the uh, the homeless. I don't even know what to call it because I'm not totally sure it's going to be a shelter, but I think it's going to be a shelter. The homeless services, this Life Hub nonprofit organization that is sort of connected to the city. Um, the mayor and uh, Jerry Sklavanakis both raised questions about how the homeless liaison for the city ends up being the coordinator of that and also how mayor or not mayor but uh, manager bob heron becomes the president of the board because it's a nonprofit group and they technically don't have any ties to the city and i got the sense from my conversation with the mayor here and the things he said the other i don't think the mayor is totally sure about what's going on there either well you know uh, again this could be something we could talk about for half an hour yeah, because i, I have just, a lot of issues with this um to me it really does come back as uh you know as we editorialized last week when this was set up, you know, we urged the council and the administration to come up with a very clear, very 
you know, a very clear job description. What exactly is the homeless liaison to do? They really didn't do that. And it's kind of just been, you know, all we're going to coordinate with the agencies, all we're going to do a little bit of this, we're going to do a little bit of that. You know, now we have, again, city employees running a nonprofit. And, you know, there's like serious lines of, of conflict there. And, uh, you know, I've had uh, three or four conversations this week with people uh, who, you know, who are concerned that, you know, uh, the, the homeless liaison position is only funded through the end of this t- council term, which is not even a year from now. And, uh, you know, there's concern, I think, in the public that, you know, is this a, a landing position for that for that person who holds that, Melissa Adams, if her position is not renewed come 20, you know, July 2024. Now, I don't want to be quite that insidious, but it is it is a concern. And, and that's what happens when you've got public involvement in a private entity. You're just blurring too many lines. And I think that the city needs to get a better handle. Yeah, on this. I, I do, too. And, and I, again, I still don't. I've had Melissa in here a few times and and and, and um, I don't think I've talked to Bob Heron about it, but uh, the mayor multiple occasions. I still don't have a firm grasp on what the life hub is actually supposed to be. And the mayor pointed out that, that in the beginning, part of what the homeless liaison was supposed to do was to to help work ways to eliminate the homelessness or decrease sure. homelessness. That was, that was the whole goal at the beginning. And I'm not sure any of that is this. So again, it's a conversation we should yeah. have another day. You know, Howard, here's one thing I will say. You're a, you know, somewhat smart guy. I'm a somewhat smart guy. And if not, you know, if even after many conversations, we have no idea. And I'll say the mayor is a somewhat smart guy too, somewhat. Um, <laughs> you know, and if, and if the three of us can understand, you know, can be told exactly what they're trying to do and have no idea what the concept is or what the, you know, then there's, there's definitely a problem there. There's yeah. something that that's not clicking. Here. Yeah. The, the idea needs better form before it moves yeah. too much further forward. Well, talk about uh, positions. The, uh, there was, at one time there was talk about a diversity, equity, and inclusion yep. officer that would be working for Ohio County, City of Wheeling, and yep. the Ohio County Schools. Yep. The county dropped out of it fairly early, said, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, the school system had been talking about it and still thinking that maybe they would work with the city. But this past week at the Ohio County School Board meeting, the new member, the appointed member, Eric Schramm, uh, suggests that it's just let's just get a part-time position uh, for the schools and not worry about connecting with other people. Yeah, and that, that's pro- that that makes sense. That really is probably a good first step. If there's a you know if there's a need for a full-time uh, you know diverse, diversity and inclusion coordinator in Ohio County Schools. You know, fine, but but determine that after. You know, don't don't determine that up front. Don't just add another employee. So, what they want to do is create a job description, just as we talked about with the homeless liaison, and have very clear expectations on what they're looking for on a contract basis. I think it's a, I think it's a good approach. You know, uh, the one thing and out of that meeting, and again wrote about it a little bit this week, is that that is concerning is the administration in Iowa County has someone in mind they want to go out and just hire someone because you know we got to get it done right now this thing's been on the table for more than a year and it ought, you know now we got to move right now and that that's again that's the wrong approach you know find the right person not the person you want find the best person to handle this and if it's who you want that's even better because your your process has been justified um but it you know uh, I'm not going to say a red flag, but just a concerning approach from the administration to say, oh, we know who exactly who we want. I um, uh, I think of the three entities. In the beginning, I thought, well, okay, this helps spread the cost and spread the – but the more I think about it, the school system probably is the one that could most sure. benefit from a position like this. And the position in the school system would be different from – 
sure. what the city or the county would be. So going off on their own there probably so is not, much, is not there a bad so much idea. That initial proposal that didn't make a lot of sense. You know, it's a city employee, but it's going to primarily work for the county school board. It, it just, again, it, it was creating a position to fill you know, that with, with no clear idea of what it was going to do. I had invited Rick Jones to come on last week to talk about mm-hmm. it when they began discussing it sure. a week or so ago. but. He asked me to wait until after this week's meeting, and I guess he could see some things were maybe coming down the pike, yeah. so uh, we haven't done that yet. Uh, so, uh, and speaking, before we leave the, the county, uh, I don't think we talked to this on this show, the Ohio uh, County Commission this week took the next step. It's a small step, the next step towards possibly a second uh, interchange up there at the Highlands. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, as we always talk about, I mean, traffic on, on I-70 is, uh, is tough no matter which way, but, um, you know, this has been, you know, there's let me put it to you this way there's a lot of federal money floating around right now now is the time to get this done if it's going to happen there's a lot of opportunity for for partnerships the county has to have some money to be involved but um, you know we'll, we'll see where it goes not having david mckinley is going to you know let's hope doesn't hinder it too much in in congress but um you know, it's it's a good step. Well, uh, Alex Mooney doesn't believe in funding money, well, that, funding that, money that, to the state. I mean, hundred percent. I mean, he has said you know, that. I'm not hundred percent. You're not making that up or being snarky. I mean, he is not a. You know, it's a different approach from from our current congressman. Uh, that's what the people wanted, and that's you know that's how we move ahead. Um, so. Um, the, the county uh, began the next step towards getting ready for, it's a long process, mm-hmm. of, of opening a second TIF district, mm-hmm. which would, I think, eventually be merged with the current TIF district, which would allow them to generate some money then to move this second high, to work on the second interchange, which would go down the side of the hill towards Touchstone during that right. area. Makes a lot of sense. I think we're still a good way away from anything oh, like that. certainly, yes. Again, I want to be, this was a small step towards mm-hmm. the next step, but at least it... Um, but the it, project's moving. It was done. Uh, projects, uh, West Bank Arena got the, the green light from City Council this week. Yeah, what, I'm trying to think, how do you pronounce that? Loge? Uh, yeah, the Loge. Deck or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a nice project. Um, you know, the, the, there's the, the claims being thrown out there. No taxpayer dollars involved. Uh we're going to use this, you know, which, which is great. Um, you know, this is a partnership with Red and the Arena and their Greater Wheeling Sports and Entertainment Authority to, uh, you know, to do some things differently and just kind of continue to modernize the arena, upgrade it slowly and, and in phases and pieces so that it's, you know, again, one of the challenges with West Banco Arena after it opened, it's set for, what, 30-plus years with really Without no improvements anything, at yeah. all. So it's great to see the, uh, you know, Red and the, and the Sports and Entertainment Authority and the uh, director over at uh, the arena, uh, Kelly Tucker-Jones, you know, continuing to come up with ideas uh, and working on things that will improve the user experience there. Very quickly, um, you had a story this week on uh, two of the bridges, the Market yeah. Street Bridge, the one that had uh, been has been closed for She's almost a year, over a year, uh, over a over year, year, last year now, month, because last of the was. fires yep. underneath it uh, from the homeless camp. Uh, it sounded like uh, what Bob Heron was saying this week at City Council is that they're now finally beginning to move on that project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's been on the books for a while. The state has made the commitment to get it replaced, to replace that decking. It had, you know, had been set to go out to bid a little bit earlier this summer, but uh, I think it got slowed down. That's got to be done. I mean, again, our arteries, you know, getting out of downtown right now is not easy. You know, the bigger question, Howard, comes down with you know, what is going to be the future of the suspension bridge? That really is. Well, yeah, I mean, they're getting they're that, getting close to yeah. wrapping it up. Not yet, but by when do you say fall, spring? Yeah, this this you know, within the coming months, they're going to have this current what seventeen million, $17 million reno- dollar renovation project finished. 
And then it's really going to come down to Governor Justice and Jimmy Wriston and, and, you know, and others to determine, uh, is that bridge going to reopen the traffic? I mean, you know, I'll, I'll ask you right now, is it going to reopen the traffic? No. I, I would agree. No, that, that's I mean, my general if I'm thought. A betting right man, now. I'm, I'm yeah. betting, I'm betting. No, it'll be walking pedestrian bridge only. And I'll tell you why I feel strongly about that. If they were considering that, they would have looked as they were doing this rehab to some kind of a way to allow traffic to flow better onto yeah. and off of that bridge. I mean, um, they didn't do that. And and I, and as far as I know, after seventeen million dollars worth of repair work, which I'm sure is very important. I, I don't think it's done anything to upgrade the load-bearing capacity no. of the bridge. I, I just, you know, your car can't go over the bridge. My car I can't mean, go. And, I've, I, you know, I just drive a small sedan. Yeah, but mine not, is, you know, uh, double the weight limit that's allowed on that bridge with nothing in it. You know, We've so. all seen the pictures, though, of the, the, of the circus days where the elephants came out. Those yeah, elephants weigh a lot more than your little car, don't they, Howard? Well, yeah, but the elephants knocked the bridge down at one point. But, yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. We used to. And we all sat in traffic when there were 52 cars on the bridge after a football game, right? Do either one of you guys think it can ever be used as a toll bridge? Somebody sitting there preventing that from ever happening, but letting the traffic flow. I think the challenge with that would be how do you not get downtown? You know, if you had a different egress and ingress point there but you know when you're coming onto that bridge do you really want traffic backing up onto the it's all going to be different though as soon as they tear the uh the end down though well and that's and that's my point yeah my point is if if they were going to and maybe they still could do it with with within the confines of whatever they're going to do there on that old downtowner Mm -hmm. property on both sides of the bridge you're going to need to have better Ingress, egress. You're right. going to have to have a way to say, "I'm sorry, you're too uh, overweight." Right. Uh, could, could there be a toll bridge? I don't. Yes, I think so. I don't know that that in itself solves solves the problem. Yeah. Um, I think there are ways they could have maybe solved the problem, but I don't think now that they spent 17 million and they did not look at, at improving the load bearing. And Bob, I'm like you. I don't exactly understand why we used to have all. I guess maybe it was. But, it was you know, it was a danger then, you know. And I suppose if you think about, it, I mean, the, the pilings for that br- not the pilings, but you know, the the anchors for that bridge are buried deep in the bedrock. Yeah. You know, after you know all that, you know, when you get all that weight across it, you know, those things have to get weakened and they have to get stressed. And no but matter how much. Isn't that part much, of what they were doing? Was well, uh, yes, but I, you know, I, and again, I'm I'm not an engineer. But I, I can only imagine that after a certain time, things, no matter how much you, you know, restring and re-spool Could and be. retighten, you know, things, to, the, the fatigue on those lines that maybe you can't even get to anymore or easily get to without dismantling the entire structure. You know, because, again, those big anchors that you see going down, I mean, those, I'm sure those things have to be pretty darn deep in the ground. Oh, yeah. They're not just, you know, down a couple feet and uh, you got a, you know, tap con or uh, something like that in there, you know, a, a concrete, you know, anchor that's holding those. And those things are going down probably a considerable amount of distance. So it, uh, you know, what do you do as that starts to, as the stress on that continues to stretch that cable? You know, I don't know. Again, I, I'm I'm not smart enough to know, and probably making myself sound like a fool to someone who does. Yeah. But um, well, my my answer to your question is no. I don't think it ever will be. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. Uh, we'll get maybe next week into the life hub and some other things because yep. I, I, we need to spend some more time on that, and maybe we both need to do a little more digging into exactly what yeah. the heck is happening. I wish here. I just would understand better uh, what I, the approach is, is going to be there. Maybe they don't know. I, that, I think that may be it. It's a work in progress, so yeah. to speak. All right, 8 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 
Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for Would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614-470-2000. How much could a cyber attack cost your business. The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the Watchdog trusts. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. some of our theme songs here and so on. Um, maybe Mr. McCabe and I could use that as the uh, as our theme song. The boys are back. Especially like when I'm going for a week. Yeah. Come back after a week, I'm out of town or something. You could play that one. Ah, the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. I will make note of that. It's a great I'll, song. I'll it tell really you who is. is back in town is, and not that he went out of town, just back on the radio with us this morning again, is Bob Westfall. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How are you? It's a Friday. It's going to be football Friday. Uh, excited about that and excited for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it is a football Friday. I guarantee you that. Um, we'll be out uh, covering a, um, every uh, football game in the Valley, and I think uh, poor Danny Mares is heading to Stark County, so <laughs> we're even heading up that way. Well, you're just shipping them all over the place, huh? Oh, yeah, we got to go where the games are. That's it, yep. So, um, obviously, we'll have that. Uh, Scott will be live tonight, 5 and 6, from Shadyside, from Plumbing Field. And then uh, 10, we'll be, have the first reports on sports highlights. Then 11 o'clock, we will have our uh, sports zone with highlights from uh, all over the Valley. So, it's a huge night uh, kicking off uh, Friday night football. 
and we're excited. So it's uh, it's uh, fantastic out there. Before all of that occurs, though, you've got maybe some other news you're working on today? Uh, a couple other things. As you know, the Stand Up to Cancer uh, event is this weekend. We're going to do a talk to uh, Sheila Davis, a uh, local woman who survived cancer. We're going to talk to her today uh, about her, what she's gone through. And we'll have that in our 5 o'clock today, so that's, that's a nice piece. Uh, so we'll have that today. Uh, some other things we're going to follow up on. Uh, let's see, Star Lake, uh, Star, Star Lake story. Uh, I don't know if you tried to go to a concert there in the last year or so. Uh, a woman uh, attempted to go to a concert this past week. Uh, her husband's a uh, disabled uh, American veteran. Um, traffic was so bad um that um they didn't even make it to the concert uh, so we're going to talk to her about that situation this is not the first time it's happened it's, it's basically happened anytime there's a concert at starlight uh this past year so we're going to follow up on that today so we're kind of interested in that excuse me one second is it starlight is it starlight uh, again it's the pavilion of starlight or something like that, okay all right okay yeah but I think everybody out there is going to know to Starlink. So, okay. Uh, let's see. Huge, uh, huge ribbon cutting today in Beach Bottom. The big storm sewer replacement. So we'll have that uh, today. Uh, last day of our high school football previews. I think it is John Marshall Wheeling Central Wheeling Park. So we will have those today in addition to football. Uh, watching our weather. Looks like things may have calmed down after last night. And so a little bit of everywhere. We're going to be everywhere. Um, so excited about a first football Friday night. So really, uh, really cool out there. Well, for the news, check things out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 530, the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com, where you will find the high school football previews. And, of course, you'll get scores this evening as well. Uh, and then, of course, tonight you want to watch uh, the Channel 7 News for uh, all of the coverage of the high school football games around town. Bob, have yourself yes, a great sir. weekend, and I'll talk to you again on Monday. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Mr. Slider, busy. Where I, I, I want to say that we're done, but we're, uh, this is this just kicks off a huge weekend for us here at the Watchdog. It uh, it does, Howard. We were waiting for it, and uh, we got it. We kick everything off at noon today down at Gumby's, or not down at Gumby's, at Gumby's out in Elm Grove. Uh, the Pine Room boys will be there from 12 to 3. Stop in. Lots of discounts today. If you can't stop in, let them know you're, you're going by. Blow your horn. <coughs> there you go. And uh, then we have the walkthrough from 3 to 5. All the guys will be here in studio. And then from Fleming Field at 7 o'clock, kickoff. Martin's Ferry taking on Shadyside in Shadyside, and we'll have all the action right here on the Watchdog Network. High school football is back here on the Watchdog Radio Network beginning today. Not even tonight, beginning today. All right, that's it for me. Uh, turn things over to uh, Dave Wilson, who's filling in for Hoppy Kerchival for a couple of weeks. I don't know what's going on with Hop, uh, but at any rate, Dave Wilson's coming up next. And uh, you all have a good football weekend. Stay with us. We've got tons of things happening here. And uh, Mr. Slider, I'll meet you again in the morning on uh, Monday right here. We'll do it again.